And welcome back to Two Guys, One Lightsaber. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. And Ron, you know, it's been a minute. Last time we talked, uh, I don't know, it's been two weeks. Yeah. A lot's happened in two <laughs> weeks. We've got a lot more Mandalorian. Uh, Bad Batch has been at fire. How, yeah. how are you catching up on that? Or? Fully caught up. Uh, last episode was good. Yes, man. yes, very good. But you know what was excellent? That you and me, for our first movie ever together, was Scream 6. Yeah. So we'll go like non spoilish, like I count that like when we go with spoiler talk, that's like a nice fun side podcast. Yeah. But um going into it, I know you were like worried about no Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. you know, it's a new element. How can they keep this going? So what were your thoughts? Uh nailed it in every way. Right? I there was literally nothing I could really flaw this movie for. Okay. It was so much better than I could have hoped for. With I mean, granted the the Pearson we wanted to return still hasn't returned, but they laid the groundworks. Yeah, they awesome. definitely a fun, <laughs> definitely a fun little tease there. Um, yeah, this was such a great. This what they're doing right now. Um, the guys over there. Uh, this, I just listened to them on Dead Meat podcast as yeah. well. Um, I'll look at uh, Radio Silence. Yeah. yeah, that's their company. They did um, Ready or Not, yeah. which was fantastic, and I love the opening sequence. Yeah, which Ready or Not. Yeah, <laughs> but just from like they they used the formula and they flipped it on their heads, and what they did was what J.J. Abrams and Disney should have done. They did the soft reboot with Scream, yes. also making fun of Halloween, which I find hilarious <laughs> in my mind. They making it matter to comment on Halloween twenty eighteen just being yeah. Halloween, so they made Scream twenty twenty two. But that being said. This was a perfect sequel for Scream 2 reboot. Like, yes. just being back at college, setting new... Because Windsor was a totally different element. So, exactly. so this being like Windsor, for that, it allows them to play with new elements. And they said, hey, Jason goes to Manhattan was dog shit compared to this. And I love that nod to Jason Manhattan. And I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a great nod to it, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie. But it was excellent. Jenna Ortega, I felt like her and um, her, uh, her character and Sam... Really bonded. And I think Sam is now... She's on the top five of my favorite screen characters now. I still think they could do more mm-hmm. with Sam, though. I still feel like she was, like... Even though in, the, in Scream, was it five? Five, yeah. She is the main character, but it's like she didn't shine through in the room. I think, though, she did in this one. I really did. It was better. It was a lot better. Right. But I still think, like... I think six can be the perfect... Like we need a, I know. Okay, we need okay, a separate episode. So like, like last thing it's... I will say though, the core four are amazing. With, yes, with the re yes. twins, and yeah. I like where they're going with it, and it's setting stakes to. They they haven't announced the seven yet, but they need to, movie... and it needs to go back to Hollywood. I... And it's gonna. I, I know. My, okay, okay. Me, Shelby, and our, our friend uh, Maddie talked about. Did this. you see it a second time or no? Oh, but okay. I swear to God, we have already written the script. For <laughs> Scream Seven. Okay, settle down, there. Okay, I don't need you all of a sudden going on a blog, and next thing I know, I'm walking into the house. Um, anything else you've been watching since then? Uh I feel like I've been watching quite a bit. What have I been watching? Um, like anything new or anything old that you kind of forgot about and went back and watched? I mean, I was I'm currently watch, rewatching The Last Kingdom when, on Netflix, which was really good. Okay. The Viking show. Oh, okay. Uh, really, really good. Um, what else? To, I watched something new and I can't remember what I'd watched. Oh, boy. Well, I can take the realms because I watched two <laughs> things I think you would appreciate. So uh, we had a like. Uh, just random movie night and we wanted mm. to watch a comedy 
So we rewatched the '96 classic with Jim Carrey, the Cable Guy, with Matthew Broderick. Dude, <laughs> that movie is still fire, but yes. it's meta humor about where he like when he takes Matthew Broderick to the dish. If you guys have never seen Cable Guy, it's Jim Carrey's a lonely cable guy, and he <laughs> starts stalking Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Not his character, the actor Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Anywho, when he goes on this giant rant about like, before you know, you can stream to any service. Oh, play video games with your friend in Vietnam. Like that kind of rant. I'm like, wow, this this and Demolition Man really nailed uh, yeah. the future. And then uh, I just finished the TV series because I was trying to be a good roommate. It was going to be a roommate show. But I uh, I broke the habit and I binged watch Shrinking with Jason Siegel and oh, Harrison okay. Ford. I think it's better than Ted Lasso. And I'm two episodes in the new Ted Lasso. And I'm not saying that like Ted Lasso is dog shit compared to it. I'm just saying... It's the same writer from Scrubs and Harrison Ford. This is the best I've ever seen him in a long time, dude. I was going to say, this is a, like an Academy Award winning actor. Dude, that. he's going to win an Emmy, I think. <laughs> really? He is so... his he He's playing a therapist as a mentor towards Jason Siegel because um, Jason Siegel's wife died in a car crash. So this is like a year later and they're trying mm-hmm. to get their shit together. Um, but... I won't. Harrison Ford's going through his shit, but he's playing the grumpy mentor who's like an asshole, and he knows it. But he's just playing grouchy, so it's kind of like he's playing himself, but he's also super soft. He's okay. kind of like an older Doctor Cox. Okay. So and Jason Siegel's his JD. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Uh, Bill Lawrence executive yeah. produced this um, with Siegel too. So okay, excellent show. But that going forward, anything else you want to talk about? We gonna... uh, so. Uh, my fiance is a film professor. Okay. And she had never seen Fight Club. Oh, we watched Fight Club. How was, was that? Dude, she loved it. That's weird because we uh we pulled up the YouTube scene. His name was Robert, whatever it is, and I'm like, I've I've actually never seen that movie sit down through and through. I think really? I've always I've always seen it like either the first 30 minutes because it was on FX and then I would leave and then another random day it would be on cable and I watch the back half. I completely forgot it's a David Fincher film. Right. I love David Fincher. Yeah, and so does. so does she. So it's like it was yeah, What'd she her, think? She thought it was really, really good. I mean she's a film professor, so it's like, okay, this is one of the like nineties cult classic movies. Yeah, it made Brad Pitt. Like <laughs> yeah. that movie really pushed Brad Pitt over, I would say. And then uh Pixies. Yeah. Where's my mind? That <laughs> song will always live in our head now differently. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get into something we both just got out of scene today. Um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, uh, DC's latest movie. It did not do well its first weekend. Uh, We're seeing, of course, the second weekend. Uh, We are busy, March Madness, all that stuff. (laughs) But it only made $33 which is really bad. Yeah. Because I told you, usually movies drop 50 to 60% the second week. Mm -hmm. So this movie is probably not going to make money. Unless word of mouth is. Because we're both coming out of this. Even though it's 51% by critics, it's 84% of audience score, which I always take into Rotten Tomatoes. This movie is just as good as not a little bit better than the first one. I think we both agree on this. I'd say significantly better than the first because I just I, I couldn't get with the first. I don't know why. I just couldn't. Zachary Levi acting as a 14-year-old in the first one got old so fast for me. The only redeeming thing about the first one for me was Mark Strong, because I think he is a very highly underrated actor in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, but this one, I think Zachary Levi did a hell of a lot better. And I, like, 
he's acting as an 18 year old Billy Batson, and mm-hmm. I actually think that really shined through. Yeah, with Zachary Levi, but I mean, it's we were kind of talking off screen, but it's like Billy Batson was not in this movie hardly at all. No, but when he is, it made sense. It was uh, impactful. Yeah, exactly. So they used the kids sparingly because I always told you this: Shazam live action is not good long term. Yes, because. Even though I used to watch movies and believe any kid could grow up, this kid does not look like Zachary Lee. They tried to do it kind of with the hair, I feel like. Um, But that being said, I thought it was just fun. It was nice to see him act like a god, especially coming after Black Adam, where I'm like, oh, so Shazam could do that if he was... I mean, you you kind of saw the nod to Black Adam when his suit burns up. It's black and it's got the... I'm like, oh, they're showing his strength here. By the way, folks... um, we're going to be talking full spoiler yet. If yeah. you haven't seen this movie, and a lot of you haven't, based off the box office. I would say go see it in yeah. theaters, people. If not, skip about, I don't know, about 10, 15 minutes <laughs> ahead. Um, and we'll go right into it. I do like the setup a lot. We were talking, this movie was go, 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 yeah, go. Yeah, there was no... I feel like it didn't set up like the premise very well. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it almost didn't need it a little bit. But right. I mean, it's... I don't know, they kind of, it didn't leave you asking questions, so I feel like they resolved everything, but it's like, there was hardly a setup. No, and it was really just based off, they walked in, and you're like, oh yeah, that stick was broken, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, who broke, and then, until they showed it in the yeah. movie, because I haven't seen this movie, the first one in a, probably a year, a year and a half, and yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't memorable. It's just something I wasn't watching on repeat. Yeah. Because it was just by the books, and I was kind of cool, like, I can't wait to see him interact with such and such. Yep. We're not getting that, but we did get that in this, at least with one nod with the Wonder Woman coming at the end. Um, That was really fun, and that kind of explains why Zach, maybe now, maybe they, I maybe she is coming back. I'm, I'm okay I'm with it. to it. No, I'm okay with it. It just pisses me off that Henry Cavill isn't. Right. Out of all the actors, I would keep Henry Cavill. I'd keep Ben Affleck. We differ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Although I feel like seeing the Flash trailer again before this, I feel like the Flash is total redemption for Ben Affleck as Batman. Okay, so <laughs> it's gonna piss me off. I want to get into that real happen. quick. Um, so he was doing interviews for his new movie Air, which is about them Nike yeah. finding Air Jordan, making Air Jordans. Yeah. Um, but he was saying like he pretty much just said like, a it was pushing him into alcoholism. Josh Whedon, like if you uh, Hollywood Report is where the article's at. He talked about that. He's pretty much done, but he said he finally nailed it. He said for the five minutes I'm in the Flash, I fucking nailed it it looks like it <laughs> he's like i finally figured it out but like i'm done he's like i'm not directing them i'm not suiting them and i'm yeah. like oh no it sucks dude i can't wait to see it because of that those comments and um and then let's get back well hang on last thing on the flash real quick um did you hear about tom cruise no tom cruise uh got a private he called up david zasloff asked for the flash they brought the flash to his personal theater at his home and then he called the director and said you made a movie that this world exactly needs right now he fucking loved it that's awesome and i know you have your feelings about tom cruise but if tom cruise is like doing that kind of shit that's cool because he really believes in the cinema process like movies need to be in the theaters but okay let's get back into shazam back into the theater how would you feel about all the rest of the actress um of the siblings because i feel like um the one they nailed was the Freddie Freeman, Adam Brody. Yeah, and Adam yeah. Brody combination. Those two are 
yeah. brothers. Like, you could tell me they're brothers, mm. and I would believe it. So, the uh, older sister, it's the same actress now. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah. I think they even do that in the comics, and it kind of makes sense she's in her mm. fully adult body. I, I actually I enjoy her character a lot. Yeah, the, um... That was Mary Bromfield, uh, played by Grace Caroline Curry. I haven't, yeah. She hasn't been in a whole lot, but you know who she looks like is that blonde from Smallville that could um, teleport. That was the first girl that Clark kind of like fell in love with. I, yeah, okay. Dude, if she had blonde hair, I, I, I thought that's who it was the first movie I, I saw her. I think she could play Wonder Woman, too. <laughs> yeah, she could. She got to do a lot more than the other ones, I felt like, in this yeah. movie. Her and then the... Um, like, Pedro, I felt like, got left out a lot. Yeah. Um, Eugene Choi, he really didn't do a whole lot. Um, so it seems like maybe if they do do a third movie, probably not, that maybe the other ones then get brought up. Because uh, even Faith. Uh, yeah. Um, not, no, uh, Darla Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. Darla, yep. Yeah, that was that was the other one. She got the shine, though. She yeah, got she a did. lot of good lines. Yeah, that, um <laughs> Especially at the end with the unicorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but like when she was feeding the Skittles to the unicorns, uh, because they figure out like, hey, how do we take? Oh, once uh, I feel like we're getting out of track, yeah. but we'll get into that. But once we got to the middle of the movie, that's where the plot really like it really sped up. Once yeah. you know, once Freddie got kidnapped, um, mm. you know, Rachel Zegler comes in as Athena. You got the three sisters who are avenging their what? Who was Father it? Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. Who was. Part of Zeus's circle of gods. Yep. So, with all that being said, you got a great thing going. And, you know, once Anne Twist came, which I'm glad yeah. they showed. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, like, show her doing anything with the sisters. It was really well done. I thought it was just going to be uh, the two sisters who was played by... Uh, Lucy Liu, Liu and, and uh, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, too. Yeah. Uh, they killed it. I thought their chemistry, all three of them, really yes. good. Which is very interesting because of the age differences. Yep. Um... But yeah, once that all happened and Freddy got kidnapped and now you had stakes like, oh, we all know Shazam's not going to get zapped. We saw the trailers. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, shit, it kind of sucks. Like, this is a problem. Like, they can just take away the powers. But I think that was cool because it gave Shazam his arc of being a true leader. Right. He's going to be the one that well, cuts. Yeah, because he was afraid that he's nothing without his family. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he had to, like, save his family and succeed on his own. Yeah. And yeah, it, and even Helen Mirren's character when he ends up saving the day at the end, like, oh, he finally became a true god. Yeah. I'm like the all right, the it's full circle for the character. And that's what like now like back in my head like with all this rock controversy and drama behind the scenes supposedly where he didn't want you know anything to do with Shazam and he thought he was like no I need to fight whatever these rumors are going around. Yeah. I'm sorry, but now I can believe this version of Shazam could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Black Adam. Yep. And it would be really cool to see the whole family go after him and see how ruthless The Rock would allow himself <laughs> oh, to beat a bunch right. of children, essentially, into yeah. the ground, <laughs> including a cripple, but he'd be like, no, oh, he's got some powers. Uh, yeah, it, that was my thing, where I'm just like, this guy's ready. Like, mm. I would love to see him more in this. I just don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think so either. Although I feel like the character itself fits James Gunn. Right. But I don't know if... I don't know if it's going to... If it's going to work. Well, the main thing I love about this movie in whole is just that the general theme of family. And I just felt like, yeah, these, I felt like they were a family. They loved each yeah. other. It was really well done with that. And the yeah. action sequences, I felt well paced. Um, the dragon was cool as shit. I yeah. love the Khaleesi's joke. <laughs> but let's just talk about um, when the apple gets planted, Seed of Life starts, and we start getting like all the orgs and like yeah. all the Greek 
uh, monsters. monsters, Cyclops, the Minotaur. The yeah. wizard, first of all, was fire in this movie, but once he kept telling like, no, these unicorns, they weren't like, <laughs> they are the most savage ones. They will kill you all. And, uh, you know, you got little Daphne, he's just like, yeah, it'll be fine. Dala. Dala, yeah. yeah. She's just like, it'll be fine. I'll just feed him some Skittles. <laughs> and that whole sequence, it was just really well done. And, then, <laughs> and when, I don't know, like, in the theater, I heard everyone, like, our... My roommate was saying it. I think you said it. But, like, everyone in the crowd was, like, saying, taste the rain. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, what great advertisement for Skittle on this. <laughs> right. But when she kills the first, like, org or whatever the hell that, uh, Cyclops. Yeah. And she's just like, taste the rainbow, mother... And it cuts it off before, and I was dying. That was, like, the oh. best part of the whole effing movie. And, and that's one thing I wish, like... Every, I feel like everyone else's jokes landed except for Zachary Levi's. I, you didn't think his Fast and Furious one landed? I hate, or you think it just I got spoiled? It. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it got spoiled. Plus, Fast and Furious has become one of my most hated things his in jokes, Hollywood. So. His joke with Steve, the pen, yeah, that was writing letters. Yeah, that okay, was the best where he would yeah. keep writing. He's like, I'm really glad Steve here. Like, just write down everything. Like, so, yeah, that, that was good. And then, like, the Khaleesi one made me like <laughs> Like, kind of just chuckle a little bit, but I feel like everyone else had better jokes. <laughs> yeah. Again, it definitely had, like, a little bit 2000s, rec- like, superhero movies where you make pop culture references yeah. that will not age the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it, uh, you didn't stay for the postcard scene. I've seen it online. Um, this is where the rock controversy started, too, was uh, Justice Society. Hmm. Um, it was supposed to be Hawkman recruiting Shazam into Justice Society because why wouldn't he? Also, they're like at a ga- like gas station in the middle of nowhere and Zach Levi's doing the rock thing where he's shooting lightning from <laughs> yeah. his fingertips. He's like, oh, I can do that? Like that? I can kind of... <laughs> so, Hardcore and um, the other guy from uh, fuck, Peacemaker, yeah. they show up. There's good banter, um, but they like, hey, you want to join the Justice? And he's immediately like, yeah, I want to go. And they're like, okay, welcome to Justice Society. He's like, wait, is that the one with like Wonder Woman? <laughs> and then he's just like, no, 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 no. I want no, I want the one and Hardcore walks off. And he's just like, wow, that's really stupid. You guys have like two things <laughs> of like two major groups with justice in the front. He's like, I could think of multiple names. And he starts thinking of like different like ways to call justice. And he's like, Avengers Society. And that's how it ends. And it's great. And then the second post-credit scene is the bad guy from the first one talking to the caterpillar saying, like, hey, why why yeah. doesn't our plan happen? But the ending was really well done. I think so too. Like, I really did think maybe they were gonna kill him off, like to a certain degree. I don't know. But then when all of a sudden Wonder Woman showed up, I was like, wow, they... Yeah, did. there's no more gods to power up the staff. And, and then she's like, Roman, like, ah. <laughs> And her powering it up, and I just loved their interaction. It was very, like... Yeah. Where he was kind of, like, hitting on her, and then not. <laughs> and, like, she's just telling him to save the world. Like, you're just such a kid still. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember even in um the DC... Uh, Flashpoint movies. The first one, uh, Justice League Doom, mm-hmm. they all come together. Shazam's hitting on Wonder Woman in that movie yeah. as well because he sees how powerful she is and yeah. she's like, oh, you're a great warrior. And then she starts hating on him because she's yeah. like, you're a child. You act like a child. It's like, yeah, because he's like 16. You're right. Uh, but it was a good time. I recommend seeing it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was nothing like wow about it to me, uh, but it, it's definitely, oh, it was definitely a good time. Like mm-hmm. it, it, there was nothing like visually bad about it. There's nothing like 
you can't really say I hated this, I hated that about it. You can say I wish they would have done this a little better. Yep. But you can't say you hated anything about the movie. No. Which would... I feel like every DC movie has had something where you can point out I hate that. And this did not have that. And I really if people hate this then I think they're just like not gatekeeping, but I I kind of feel like this is sounding like it, but I think people are just getting burnt out. Sometimes I feel burnt out on superhero movies too. I, as I well. was just telling that to uh, your roommate Isaac as I walked in. I'm like, I don't know if I'm at, like getting burnt out on superhero movies or what. He's like, I'm actually really happy to hear you say that. I'm like, it was good, but I mean, it wasn't Amazing. spectacular. I mean, no. same thing with the Marvel movies lately. It hasn't been spectacular. It's been good. And yeah, it's, it's <laughs> they've even admitted like they had the production off and that's why I think they just fired like their second in charge practically. They, they just fired their visual effects like person. Yeah. Who led the entire thing She's since been the with beginning. Fight, yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, like it was, yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah. Like John Campier explained yeah. it. But yeah, yeah, it's just been crazy. But like, what also has been crazy has been the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Bad Batch first, though, real quick. I these these episodes are so like mixed up in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that episodes. Uh, by the way, Don't Wolf Shazam. You can come back and listen. We're talking Bad Batch, just in general. So if you've not been watching Bad Batch, again, spoilers, kind of on and off. Yeah. It's fantastic. I these well, last three the, episodes the really episodes like. that are impactful are great. Yeah, they're like nailing them all back yeah. to back. I even like the episode and it's like rated so low was uh episode thirteen. The Pabu. I liked it. I I kind of did too. I'm like, no, this is a good way. Like, let them catch their breath and then mm-hmm. they're gonna see something and it makes storyline driven of like why nobody can find them right now. Mm-hmm. But the crosshairs redemption arc. Oh my god, it was so good. Uh, episode 12, yeah, that was one where, like, he goes to the place in the middle of, like, a frozen planet. Yep. And you're just seeing these clones, and, like, there are five of them. They're still into it. And... Yeah, he's like, oh, the clones requested backup rotations ago. Nothing has come. There's five left. Yep. It's like, well, clearly you haven't done your job in protecting the base. He's like, I have five people. What yeah. the fuck do you expect? <laughs> yeah, he kind of just blows them <laughs> off because yeah. he's like, I'm commander right now. So you yep. actually... Respond. You listen to me, mm-hmm. not that way, Lieutenant. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just a beautiful ending of like all that stuff going down, losing all those men for just cheap ass imperial armor. And when they walk up, he's just like, "Well, you failed your mission." He's like, "Well, help him. You you could save him." He's like, "What was the guy's name? I forget the uh, clone's name." It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Ghost. It no, was, I even though he kind of dressed like it, it was sweet. Ah, uh, no, I forget what his name's called. It was like side swipe or not side swipe. I don't know. It it was. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's been a couple weeks since I <laughs> yeah, watched it, really it man. Is, yeah. and, but no, it was good because he ends up dying, and then because the commander didn't help him. Yeah, you have and, Crosshair and just finally snap yeah, and kill him. Crosshair kills the commander, which leads to him going back to the base in season one that you see all the arc troopers training the new yep. cadets. Um, and that doctor in that one, I'm go- this actor um, has been in a million things. He's one of the brothers in. Uh, but he voices the doctor who overwatches it. The guy who's like, send the clones to me directly and I will fix the problem. Like, his voice acting is on par with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Whitworth. Well, not only him, but is on par with the guy who voices Thrawn. 
Okay. It is his me- name's Royce Hemlock. I'm about to get his voice. His his voice is menacing. Oh, it's Jimmy Simpson. So you would know him. He was Billy in Westworld. If you ever watch Westworld, he's one of the creepy brothers and always sunny in Philadelphia as, as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me. But I'll no, show you a picture. His of voice acting is phenomenal, dude. Like every time uh, Royce is on screen. Oh, and he was also in House of Cards. You didn't see House of Cards. I did right? see House of Cards. Oh, you'll recognize him. Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, yeah. that guy. He he's a really good actor. Yeah, he killed it. But. Dude, every time Royce is on screen, he commands your attention. He never, he does the same thing I always talk about. Monotone, low voice. Because yes. guy with that much power doesn't need to raise the voice. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's great. And where they set it up to, we're giving really like cliff notes. But <laughs> where it really ends up being is like, are we going to, I know you don't know this, but if I have fucking Delta Squad from Republic Commandos hunt down bad batch i will lose my fucking shit because delta was in season one they stunned him yeah. he's the guy with the yellow stripes so yeah, he they, well, they, they took eight shots to stun him yeah dude. <laughs> and i love how everyone's bringing it up because we also saw echo you know saving other clones yeah um how all the clones are using stun and it's because it's actually better for close combat situations because it's actually a wider circle yeah and they also don't want to be labeled terrorists because they're not killing anyone. Well, they're they stunning. Don't want, they don't want to kill their brothers either. Well, they're, and they're stunning regular Imperials. Yeah. That's what I noticed. I'm like, wait, you guys are stunning. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that is fucking smart. And I want to know where Cody is. So, yeah. I wonder if Cody is actually at this place. It's going to be cool where they're setting up because the Bad Batch is like, no, he reached out to warn us. Yes. And they're like, no, we're going for him. Like, it's going to be fucking fire because I think we have a two party this Wednesday. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have a two-part episode and then the finale. Yeah, because they cracked the message. Uh, Echo brings the message to Tech, and Tech cracks uh, the message from Crosshair. Right. And, yeah, it's like, wait, like, is he good again? He's like, but he's he's set us up before. Boy, exactly. How can we trust him? And like, Excellent points. Oh. Excellent points. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So let's really just, I really want to focus on Mandalorian. Okay. Um. So, The Mandalorian, uh, I got the episode titles, The Convert. Let's get into that one first. Uh, this was Chapter 5, I believe. I'm bringing it up right now. So, this was the one where his uh, Andor episode kind of wrapped into uh, <laughs> a Mandalorian episode? Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. I'm glad you say that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so well done. And it. Um, I love the opening. Just, like, her reacting about the mythosaur, asking him, like, did you see it? He's like, I didn't see anything. And she's like, okay, well, let's go. And yeah. <laughs> even the foreshadowing, like, yeah, she's not taking off her helmet. There's no time to. Yep. But when they go back and she, I love the, the scene where they're flying back and she's like, oh, I invite you back, but I don't think you're taking the helmet off. And he's just like, this is the way. Katie Sackhoff, I hope she goes Pedro Vascal on the internet because... You can hear her, the, the way she says, this is the way, I just imagine her smirking, like, yeah. under her helmet while yeah. she says it, and then you got Grogu, <laughs> and then bam, we go right into tie fucking interceptors, yeah. chasing them, and that whole action sequence was phenomenal. It was great. I loved seeing that. I love seeing space battles in a Star Wars thing, <laughs> even when it's ground 
Well, that and Din's thing, like, the only way is I have to get to the other ship. Yeah, and going like, from space to atmosphere was fucking oh fire. God, yes, it was. <laughs> it so was good. And even the POV good. shots, like, it reminded me of Warzone when I do the camera thing and I don't have HUDs and yeah. just those <laughs> shots. It's like, this is fucking excellent. Um, This was directed by Lee Isaac Chung, and they killed it, man. Yeah. Yep. And it was just intense. And then, you know, you see... Didn't just do what the fucking Mandalorian does. Just like, and he was so smart too. Like that little detail of him waiting to turn his jetpack before they yes. could see him, so he could drop below and then go. Mm-hmm. It was just so cool. And then like her anger and just being like, and of course then Grogu sealing up too when Daddy yeah. leaves the room. He's like, all right, seal myself up. Let me know when he's back. Deuces. Um, but like her anger when they blow up her castle, and I'm yeah. I'm wondering. I don't think this is Marf Gideon, even though it probably is. I'm like, no, this is some fucking Thrawn shit. Because this is a lot of fucking ships, bro. That is what I was thinking as well. And then I think that's why we get the whole sequence with our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. person. And, oh, K- uh, uh, Katie O'Brien. Yeah, and then uh, what's his, the doctor's name? I forget the doctor's name here. Uh, Penn Pershing. Yeah. That whole sequence, I'm like, who is pulling the strings? I'm like, is it Gideon or is it Thrawn? I need to know. I love where this is going because you thought she had changed. Even though there's like when she, she was super nice and I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. So like when they first interact, like at the almost a picnic table outside the apartment where yeah. they live now, you there was a slight like thing of sinisterness that you everyone picked up on. And then she just turned on the charm. Yep. I'm like, oh maybe she's good. She's not. <laughs> well, like, even uh, the way she showed up, like, in the... Oh, it was so great to go back to uh, the opera house from episode three. Yes. But what, when she pulls up to the opera house and the way she gets the suit, like, all straight and all yep. that, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, yeah, that she's that's imperial shit, dude. Yep. That's like... I know, I well, have... she was meeting with uh, the commander for... Uh, the guy she was meeting with was, I think, a part of Gideon's crew. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, you didn't really see her interact. You just saw a person talking about, like, the benefits of cloning, trying to prove it. Um, I do like the tale, though, of, like, him grabbing his ear when he's getting nervous because yeah. you can see the blaster burns from when uh, they, sh- yeah. Yeah, they shot, um, <laughs> yeah, when they rescued him. Yeah. So, with all that being said, with Cara Dune, um, the, yeah, just the slow gaslighting, and I love his mundane shit. Where, like, her getting in his head, I feel like he would have put up with it. But once she got into it, he says, like, no, your research can help the Republic. Yeah. All that stuff. And seeing the slow meltdown of him going down to being like, no, this is bullshit. Why are we getting rid of all this Imperial stuff? Like, yeah, it's Imperial, but it could be used for good stuff. Like, that's yeah. a waste. No, like, no, nope, just purge it. Also, we're taking apart the Rebellion fleet as well after this. So, yeah. you're seeing how the New Republic... Just instantly, and they're trying to do what they did with Clone Wars, but you're seeing the New Republic was full of idiots. They did not have a long-term plan. Now it makes sense why Leia left and started the Resistance. Yeah. And also they... Well, you mean why the First Order was allowed to rise, then well, Leia starts the, res- the Second Resistance. Right, but like she was also calling them stupid and like, this is dumb, and then they brought up like, well, your father was Darth Vader. Yeah. So <laughs> once that news broke, that is in the books, like her credibility went to shit, uh... I do love the scene the most, though, is when they see the highest peak. The only thing you could see, of course, on now is that yeah. one rock and height. That was her testing him, like, can I get him to do anything I want? Touch it. Yeah. Just give him a little touch. <laughs> and then she plays it off like, oh, it was a joke, man. I, I had to see how you react to that. Even those little sticks were just weird to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. A little like popsicle ice cream. Like, yeah. Looking but thing. it's so Star Wars. It worked. Yeah. It was so cool. So I, I really don't understand why this episode probably got the biggest backlash. Because it was the episode. longest one and it had the least of Mando and Grogu. Okay. And I, that's what we want to see. We want 50 minutes of Grogu and Mando. And I fucking get it. Out. But still, like this was... What, 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 what's the thing about us Star Wars fans what are we oh yeah never satisfied yeah <laughs> toxic as fuck fuck yeah that's but, why we don't need the shit. pew pew and the vroom, like to, we don't need, we need that, that to be constantly. a good episode but this like I really hope it has a payoff just so I can point it back into people that hate this episode's face yeah. <laughs> I will say you could have done some editing I feel like if you would have mixed this one in the next episode where you could have gone back and forth in between it all and made it like a longer episode yeah you could have done that but that's when I'm like no nah, I don't think it narratively would have worked I like the whole pace I like mm-hmm. the change up but that's just me um so when she turns him over like once they got in there that whole situation was fucked and I wonder and you could tell she was off put for a second when he's like telling him what like he always wanted to do he's like what did you want to be before the empire and she kind of like took a step back like i've never had that choice like that's why that's why i'm like katie o'brien like it's interesting like i don't think she's like amazing but she's very good at character acting and after ant-man quantumanium and this all all for her man i'm really intrigued to see where she's gonna go forward same as a character in the show as well because damn yeah, I hope she stays evil. I'm not gonna lie. Right, <laughs> uh, especially with her mind flaying his brain. So like that makes me feel like it is Morph Gideon I, for her at least. I don't mm-hmm. think they're tied up with Thrawn yet. But it's like no, we gotta make sure this guy doesn't remember anything he worked on. Yeah, because Palpatine. Because, well, yeah, that was the start of the Snoke project. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like best way is they get them to do the dirty work for us, and that's exactly. So if she yep. gets to keep playing that role, it was a little stupid though. You leave her in this room with the knob, like there's no safety switch. Like yeah, hey guys, we all know like if we keep it at three, people are fine. Like it helps them, right? Yeah. So why do we have anything after three on the nozzle? <laughs> right. It, there needs to be some kind of break glass switch to turn to ten kind of thing. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> or you need to have secret key card type things in order to activate See, there's it. So still the empire. there's still the Empire. They're just nicer about it. <laughs> Especially I love him waking up to fucking a calamari and be like, It's a trap! She <laughs> yeah. trapped me! And he just looks in the room like... Uh. I thought that was I thought that was really well done as well. Yeah, and then the end of the episode was Din and uh, and Bo-Katan Din being going back. accepted back into. I like how Pre Vizsla gives him shit, calls them both like uh, apostates. Yeah, <laughs> and then him proving like no, we both have bathed in the water, and just that moment it's like, and you, Cara Dune, she's Cara, like Cara Dune, you yeah. mean Bo Katan? I don't know why I said Bo Katan. Saying that to Bo-Katan, like, being like, oh, did you, have you taken off your helmet yeah. either? She's like, no, I have not. Then you are born again. Then you are a Mandalorian as well. You can stay, yeah. but you can go whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's not a commitment thing. Right. <laughs> and I love that, like, her just being, like, accepted and being kind of weird. All the pre is, like, playing it off in the corner, like, yeah. what the fuck's this shit? <laughs> because I think it just shows that Mando is the proper leader, and I really hope Bo-Katan's not playing a fucking angle, man. I really hope she's not. I hope so too. And uh, but it it honestly seems like this has given her purpose again, mm-hmm. because she just she had nothing. She had nothing. Well, to look do. how quickly her her the people she was 
believing in him going on this path with abandoned her yes she lost the dark once the dark saber wasn't theirs yep. and these people are so fitting and follow like already accepting her especially in the second episode you see that arc even more yeah um it's just it's a great way to do this and i really think that there shouldn't be one ruler there should be two rulers and i think they're kind of setting that up like Din needs the guidance of her but he's got the leadership that she doesn't have yeah if that makes sense like he is more of like like I've always said, the guy who doesn't want to be a leader is usually the best. Mm-hmm. That's why he's usually got the smartest guy in the room on his right. Right. Because he's like, hey, I don't need, to, I don't want to do this, but you're gonna fucking do it for me. Like you're gonna help me do yeah. this. And I think Bo-Katan would be great for that because you're seeing, if anything, she's finding the middle ground. And I wonder if she, once she finds that middle ground, she's gonna be like, take your fucking helmets off. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the second episode then. At that point. Well, I mean, she also cares about the Mandalorian people. Yes, she really does. Whether or not it's like children of the watch or her night owls that followed a different path. Like she just cares about Mandalore as a whole. And this is what's left of it. This is all there is. Well, she definitely sees people at least believing in it because the rest just went off to be mercenaries. And that's more than to her than what Mandalorian should be. Yeah. Um, So let's get into episode 20, the foundling. Uh, this is directed by Carl Weathers. It's only about 26 minutes, and it was written by Dave Filoni, and that makes a lot of sense with certain things. Yep. <laughs> uh, this episode, again, it's only 26 minutes, but it was It was some of the best 26 minutes, minutes. yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of criticism on the Mandalorian's tactics still, and it's funny to me when I'm just like, guys, it's fucking Star Wars. Like, I get it that that shouldn't be an excuse, but when people are complaining about them shooting in the water, I'm like, it's... These guys are not trained Mandalorians. Like, this is a whole brand new group. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still learning their shit, and they're getting familiar with the weapons, so why wouldn't you shoot it in the water? I don't know. And they're like, why would you stay there? You just had a giant alligator come. Because they're Mandalorians. they got to embrace the hunt. Like, right. fuck it. They're going to do. I will say, there are little issues I had with the bird, especially for them picking up, like, the kid and the kid. All you do with that is make him already have Mandalorian body armor like at 14 so that makes him like a little bit more badass so like when he's getting swallowed by a bird he's like Boba Fett in my eyes like that armor can give him like 24 hours Yeah. but when he's wearing just his clothes gets hopped up (laughs) by Ma and there's no goo no slime nothing I have an issue with that because even if he's just like sitting in her throat like a bad loogie (laughs) he should come out gross right absolutely okay I'm trying to get the negative things out of the way real quick right now Uh, the other dumb thing is and I I, kind of did have to cop to this does no one else have a fucking ship Din, your N1 is like one of the fastest ships in the galaxy. Jetpack over there, and no matter how far that bird goes, as long as you can, right? You, you saw, can track them. You saw what you did to the alligator with one shot. Fucking get the, kill the damn bird. Well, guess what? That led though was Bo-Katan being the smart person in the situation, jumping in her ship, following yeah. it to its peak, and being like, "All right, yeah, let's let's try to chase the bird with no fucking fuel." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I think that's... Well, and it's also stupid. They've said, like, oh, it's happened before. They've took other followers. You guys, like... Yeah. I will say, they don't have resources to build, like, towers and sound systems and generate power for, like, radars. They're practically just living in caves. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you guys aren't going to, like... Hey, our best Mandalorians, like, have them watch. But then at the same time, I think they're all, like, barely Mandalorians. Except for, like, pre-Man... Uh, Pre-Din... Bo-Katan and the armor. Uh, the armor. Yeah. They're the only like true like badasses. Everyone else yeah. is just kind of like grunts with great armor on right now. Yeah. Um, 
So after the uh, before the kid gets taken though, how'd you like the whole Grogu sequence on the beach of like the family training and him like being like you got to fight? <laughs> yeah, and then gets two shots and like just looks back at then like the fuck. <laughs> well, I love Bo-Katan beforehand. She's like, my dad was the same way. Yeah. <laughs> He's just proud of you. And then her being like, are you sure this is a good idea? He's like, yeah. He's gotta learn. And I like how the kid talks shit. Yeah. And the new saying He's is like, like, you don't talk about things you don't know. Or yeah, practically that is what it's saying. Like, do not speak of what you do not know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to bust that out at work one day. Um, But yeah, the, the whole... The, Straight up force jumps and jumping all over the place. Yeah, yeah just hitting more three straight up. And even pre-visual, I was just like, my fucking son. Which is cool that it was recognized. Because I, I even I thought that was his son right off the bat. Because it was like, they showed him in the first episode. And they went to pre-visual. And then yeah. like the helmet's the same, same color. I'm like, oh, that's his son. That's why he's like protecting him so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was well done with that kind of stuff. And then it's just like, yeah, because Grogu's seen some shit. Like, you look at him, and it's like he's gone through a lot. Okay, let's get into that. So, after Bo-Katan comes back, they tell him, I love her being like, yeah, he's up there, and like, well, we can't use jetpacks, we can't fly up or here. You know, like, that's too high to climb. She's like, that was basic training on Mandalore. We're fine, we're fine, we'll climb it. So, and I even like her saying, like, you're going to take these certain hunters. I think they're meant to be the ones that are going to get trained on how to fly the foundlings. But that was so well done. And then her just being like, hey, Grogu, you want to be a Mandalorian? I got some things to teach you. And I'm like, oh, you're really going to make Grogu a Mandalorian? Yeah. This is awesome. And I like her, like, teaching him things, and he's just sitting there taking it in. Yeah. And then once the flat, once she starts making his plate, yeah. flashbacks into, I'll and let the, you take the, it from The here. sparks, of, which reminds him of the lightsabers of when they stormed the Jedi Temple. Yep. But fucking redemption for Ahmad Best. <laughs> love it <laughs> uh what is it uh Kelleran beck yep is now known as the savior of grogu and this is the actor that voiced jar jar banks yeah did all his motion capture of course fans of pieces of shit came after him so it's really great that he's overcame all that toxicity uh Dude, he, he wanted was to commit man. like suicide yeah him. and the thing is though is that he did what george did and what he george did i think he nailed he set what motion capture did so he walked for motion capture so Lord of the Rings could run with it. Yeah. In my opinion. Because that was the first time anything like that has really been done that effectively well. Yeah. Um, bringing a whole fucking like species. Like, dude, yeah. that probably said... I bet James Cameron saw that and was like, that's how I can do the blue people. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just... Kelleran back was awesome. It was a fun sequence. Like, um, I'm like, oh, well, granted, he's not a guy who always carries two, but I like how he picks up the dead Jedi's yeah. lightsaber... And he just starts fucking him up, dude. Like, there's mm. anger behind his eyes, yes. dude. <laughs> and it sets up that great um, chase scene. Yep. Um, I, the speeder going through Coruscant. And you see the rock from the previous episode. Yeah, which was a great, like, yeah. little nod to it. And I could see why people like, oh, that would have been great. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been good at it because you would have seen it either before that or after. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just really well done. And then when he goes into the train station with the the drop ship behind him. Yeah. We'll say it's kind of bullshit. You didn't hear a giant explosion. I'm like, how many innocent people just got killed? Right. I'm like, it's a pretty big explosion. Like, I watched Invincible. A lot of people take the subway and that's a compact explosion. Like, a lot of people are dead, but, hey, the Jedi are on the run, so we forgive. We forgive and forgive. Um, 
But yeah, even them running to the Naboo people, it was cool yeah. seeing like regular people stand up to these like yeah. fully brainwashed clones. Like, bro, you guys do not. They're the Terminators <laughs> right now. You do not stand in the objective way. Right. Um. So who do you, do you think it is Jar Jar then? That got that ship there? It's somebody from Naboo, dude. That's a Naboo Royal Guard. Well, He's a senator. That's a senator's ship. Honestly, it would make sense. It would make perfect sense. If that was like his one little redemption that he always knows he'll have as he is. It's canon. He's a fucking clown at Naboo and nobody calls him by his name. Yeah. Nobody else had a children like him because they all know what he did. <laughs> Give the Empire power. Yeah. So, <laughs> poor bastard, right? But, yeah, I mean, it would make sense because it definitely was like a Naboo cruiser. Yep. And, I mean... He was only the surviving... He was the one surviving person as well yep. from Naboo. Because, I mean, there it was Senator Amidala and then Binks was kind of like the underling to her. Okay. And so it would make sense that he is now the Naboo representative. For right now, yeah, still. Because yeah. this is still like right after the meeting got adjourned. Yeah. So unless he saw that and was like, hey, get as many children out of there as possible, which mm-hmm. would be... Makes sense. But, I mean, he owes his life to the Jedi as well. Yeah. So he would be loyal to the Jedi. Right, and yeah, because he's going to, his relationship with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, all that stuff. Yes. Everything we saw in the Clone Wars. So it would make sense, it would be kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to lie, I'm not saying Jar- it's going to make Jar Jar a favorite character for me. But it's a cool way just to, like, get rid of a black guy on Star Wars. And kind of <laughs> like, hey, when you show your kids the first time, or yeah. someone Star Wars for the first time. Uh, I, I'm just glad Ahmad Best got to do it. Like, well, now he is cemented in Star Wars lore. As the savior of Grogu. Right. He has a place. And there's more story. Uh, I, I will say I thought it was going to be Quinlan Boss. So that was yeah, at this point. It, yeah. I'm like, I'm expecting a guy with a yellow stripe across his nose, whoever yeah. they cast, like, let's go. Uh, but after that flashback, it really picked up. Like, I like her giving the play, telling him, like, here's more of the armor, gets the sigil, because yeah. Yeah, all that was really well done. Yeah, it was, and... Uh, <laughs> and the tiny plate covers his whole chest. We thought it was gonna. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a shield. I'm like, did she just make him a shield to, so he can yeah. walk around with like a shield on it, like be Captain America? But I'm like, they want to do that. It'd be no. too much. But it'd be dope as fuck. It would. So I can't wait to see Grogu actually decked out in Mandalorian shit. It's gonna be so weird because we know he only gets like three foot tall. So it's like it's gonna be <laughs> right. interesting, like how they make his helmet and all that. I see, like, I I don't want him to permanently wear a helmet, though. So I, like, hope... That's why I happen. think... So when I was telling you, I feel like she's going to try and find a middle ground. Because when she goes on the hunt for the foundling, um, she's the hunt party leader. Yeah. And when they find camp before they start climbing, you know, they she's like, what do we do when we eat? And then Din's like, we all just go find some way and sit in the corner and eat by yourself. Well, and then Vizsla's like, you're the party leader, so you get to sit by the fire and eat. (laughs) We all have to go off to the darkness. And And she kind of like, for a minute, she was like looking around, like hesitant to take her helmet off. Like, is this a fucking test? Like, right. And then when she did it, she seemed kind of relief. But then she, I felt like instant loneliness for her. And I feel like that's how she would preach. She's like, why wouldn't we have meals together? Yeah. We're Mandalorians. We should sit down and eat together. We are... Mm -hmm. We are Mandalorian. Like, it's a fam. Like, yeah. we are our people. You should see each other's faces. Stuff yeah. like that. And I feel like she's going to plan that. So, when they start going up the hill, how'd you, uh, up the mountain, how'd you feel about, like, the way they did it, the way it was shot, leading I, to it? I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the Naboo scene from Phantom Menace when yeah. they're rappelling up the, like, the uh, okay. whole, like, with the windows thing. 
I so, thought Mission Impossible 2 with Tom uh, Cruise. Yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, <laughs> keeping it Star Wars. Yeah. Right? But no, it, I liked it. And then, like, the I liked the whole fight sequence with the bird as well. And yep. it was, like, oh, just like you said, Bo-Katan, like, realizing we are outgunned. Mm-hmm. Gotta get the ship. <laughs> and I like how pre Vizsla like, reacted. Like, him, of course, confirming then, like, that's my son. And that explains why he's acting irrational. Like, those heat signatures was not a small boy. I even noticed yeah. that. But I was, like, kind of, like, blown away. I was like, oh, fuck. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. And then when they go on the run again, I like how they strategically took it down. Like, they were trying to shoot in its face to, like, take yeah. away his thing. But once uh, Din went in the fucking Din mode, and he's like, no, I'm going to shoot its wing, cripple its wing. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, taking the viral... Like, it was just well done. Yeah, taking the blade to... Oh, yeah. Bo-Katan getting her, rattle, her shit rattles for a second, losing her arm piece. I'm like, well, yeah. that's going to matter. And when they come back, it was just like a hero's welcome. And I was watching it with... I, so they uh, the roommates came down, and I'm like, hey, I got 10 minutes left before Ted Lasso. Can I finish this? Yeah. So they were like, even Isaac's like, I saw it coming in. Because they were like, oh, those poor birds. Like, yeah. this is off to die. And Isaac's like, wait a minute. I wonder how Found they... Found three, four means, Yeah, it was really well done. I liked it a lot. It need to be trained up a bit. But uh. but I liked the conversation of like her being like, you did the greatest... Uh, the armor coming up saying like, you did the greatest justice. You saved the foundling. Mm-hmm. All this. And then the way she rubbed her shoulder and was like, oh, we need to replace that. And she's yeah. like, when they go replace, she's so like, ask for the, for the mythosaur. Yeah. Now, do you like? Do you think that armor is just like you're full of shit? Like it's a vision you were seeing shit. Yeah. So that that's what I was gonna ask you as well because I feel like so it's basically the armor's job to one repair the armor and uh-huh. two to keep the myths and legends of the people alive. Exactly. No one had ever seen a mythosaur at this point. Not even Bo-Katan. All right. It was from ancient Mandalore legend. So I think. She can't allow herself to think that all these, like, almost fairy tales that she tells everyone mm-hmm. to be true. I don't think she can believe it until she actually sees it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it, I think that's where she's coming from with it because, it's, okay, if this is true, this is what our people need. Right. Because it means, like, the whole thing behind the Mythosaur is a, like, a new dawn, basically, for Mandalore. It's a big thing. Like they, I think the the thing is, is like if a Mephisto presents itself, then that Mandalorian's like worthy. Well, so it's kind of yeah. like it could trump the dark saber possibly. I think. Well, it, it would, but it also just means like there's a, something uh, magical going. Yeah, it's like a new age of like the Mandalore kind of thing. Yeah, so I, like, I like that idea too. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like she can't allow herself to believe it because that like everything she's been preaching for so long that means like this new little cult this is the new dawn for mandalore okay i mean i think she believes that already which is why they're doing what they're doing but this would change everything hell yeah no and if anything this puts mandalorians just as important as jedi and sith now yes they're really building the history for the casual fans to invest in the like the way they're like we know it we know, like, hardcore Star Wars fans know it, but right now, this is kind of like, I feel like for casual fans who are learning about Mandalorians, this is like kind of like Luke hearing about the Clone Wars, but not seeing any of it. Yeah. So it's very, like, you know, legendary status for Mandalorians, and then when you go back to Clone Wars, you get to see a bunch of Mandalorians in their fucking prime. Yeah. I was a sick bastard. I rewatched. <laughs> so I rewatched oh, The Mandalorian, like, in the last <laughs> two weeks, because everyone was bitching about it. And then I rewatched The Fall of Mandalore, 
with Ahsoka and Clone Wars, yeah. and I'm like, no, all this fucking tracks. Like, yeah. I don't care. If you don't like this, then you're just choosing not to like it to a certain degree, in my point. Like, it just all it makes sense storyline. Like, all these characters are acting like how they should, and it is excellent in my book. Yep, I completely agree. And last thing before we go, have you watched the Jedi, uh, Jedi Fallen Orders, uh, Jedi Survivor, like, story trailer? No. All right, we'll have to watch that tonight. We'll talk about it <laughs> next time. It's fire. They're really setting up. Uh, there's a Jedi from the High Republic who will be an enemy. It's cool. So, oh, with that being right. said, be sure to follow us at Two Guys One Lightsaber at Facebook.com and Instagram as well. Be sure to hit us up on Gmail with any of your thoughts, theories, or reviews as well at Two Guys One Lightsaber at Gmail.com. Be sure to leave us that five star review on Apple and Spotify or anywhere you listen to your uh, podcast as well. I'm your Mike. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. <laughs> and I'm Ron Burgess. Take it easy, y'all. <laughs>